0: Wandering Journal at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Buckle up to meet a great array of ordinary, everyday, incredible Australians. This podcast is brought to you by DM Podcasts, part of Diamantina Media, with more than 25 million downloads for a range of shows, such as The Batuta Advocate and Chat 10 Looks 3. I acknowledge that for tens of thousands of years, First Nations people walked this country and shared stories on this great land down under, and I walk in their footsteps today. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and and emerging. Helen Purcell is taking on one of the most renowned roles in musical theatre, Aaron Burr, in the Brisbane season of the Australian production of the worldwide phenomenon that is Hamilton. Aaron Burr is Hamilton's nemesis in the show, and this young Indigenous performer is rising confidently to the challenge of fleshing out this pivotal character. He has shown his performing chops in the show for the past two years in a range of understudy and swing roles, overcoming COVID disruptions, to show his ability and now be given the responsibility of lead. It's a story that's come full circle for Callan, showing his determination to succeed right from when he first got standing room only tickets to see Hamilton on Broadway and came out buzzing with the belief that he would one day perform in the musical. He even has the ticket from the show with the promise he made to himself written on the back to prove it. Let's sit down for a chat with this incredible performer.
1: My name's Callum Purcell. Oh, your
0: beautiful, resounding voice, of <laughs> course, all in ready for Hamilton. Callum, welcome to Streets of Your Town podcast.
1: Sweet, thank you. I'm honoured to be able to be on it.
0: Oh, it's really wonderful to be able to speak to you today. You've got one of the really most envied roles in australia can you tell us about that and the journey to this point
1: yeah so the news has just started to kind of ripple through australia that um i'll be stepping into the role of aaron burr in brisbane and uh, stepping up to the responsibility of leading that company for the final stop before we leave australia <gasps> where do you go from there we go to new zealand and then uh there's a myriad of dreams in which what like where that story could be told elsewhere
0: and your connection to this show course goes back quite a while, but really we need to go back to, was it when you first saw the show in New York, you'd heard about this amazing show that was really the buzz of New York when you were there?
1: It was but even about three years before that, when Hamilton first came out in 2015, it, the soundtrack had come out and I was at drama school and a friend of mine showed me the raps and, and there was something different about the show, and so that was always on the periphery of my attention when I was at drama school and I was like 21 at the time and then I finished and I ended up in New York and I got a ticket, a thirty dollar ticket, to stand up the back in the dark to to just see this show that everyone was raving about. In I mean, that, that's commitment. Absolutely, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> what, it's two hours and fifty minutes so. on your feet. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> You'd have to love it for
1: yeah. that long. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, but it was. Um, by the time it got to interval, I knew that this was a something that was totally different from an audience perspective, but also an artist's perspective. Mm. And knowing that it was coming to Australia, it wasn't just a possibility; it was a um, it was a certainty that this was something I needed to be part of. So I grabbed a pen out of my bag and I scratched on the back of the ticket, "You are going to perform in this." <laughs> um, then I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did that, and I put it in, back in the bag and yes. got back to Australia and. Uh, Yeah, I I got an audition for the show, and after a few months, those auditions then went on Zoom because we came into lockdown land, Uh, and so this kind of hurdle came along where we were auditioning via Zoom and emails back and forth, and I booked the gig, but not as Aaron Burr, I booked it as a standby, and so that looks like a performer in the company that is off stage most of the time, but they cover a number of the principal roles that but then I'll jump on uh, if people are away or on holidays. And that was a whole challenge in itself.
0: Oh, look, I, I don't know if um, many people are familiar with that. They, think they know about understudies, but standbys, yes. it's another level of complexity in a way, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So there are three uh, kind of categories. So you have standbys, offstage standbys. They cover exclusively the principal tracks. So I was doing five of the seven male principal roles. And uh, during the shows... Uh, of an evening, I would be in another room backstage rehearsing the show, learning different tracks, uh, meaning the characters, learning the choreography, the music, all of the scene work. And uh, then the next night I might jump on for the role of the king. And then the next night I might be on for Hamilton. But then there are also the swings. And so they're offstage as well, but they cover the ensemble tracks and they do everything that I can't. And that is, you know, dance with great uh, complexity and finesse. Um, they sing a number of multiple Parts as well, and then you have the understudies, which they're on stage every night but they cover uh, some of the principal tracks as well. So, there are it asks a different a particular calibre of performer for each part. Um, but what is integral for all of those responsibilities is that you have patience. You can work on your own, especially in a rehearsal room and also you know your worth before coming into a room because um, sometimes it can be a thankless task because, you know, the most important thing is getting the show up so you just work away quietly on your own.
0: It sounds like it's almost a bit of an alternate reality out there and quite different to what people might imagine goes on backstage at musicals, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But uh, talking of alternate realities, it is exciting when you get a number of different standbys or swings on stage because um, it's honestly a special edition of the show (laughs) and... It's exciting bringing it to Brisbane because there are new cast members coming mm. in for just for Brisbane mm. and so uh, we'll finish with a bang there and it's going to be a, a, a finale that only Brisbane will kind of get, which is great.
0: So tell us about your excitement for playing this particular role. Uh, anyone who's familiar with Hamilton, of course, knows this is the wonderful nemesis really, but what is it that you connect with with regards to this role? And, and I think, can you tell us about like connections with the musical yes. as well? I mean, for people who aren't you know, absolute lovers of this musical, of which there are many, but, you know, they think, oh, this is about American presidents or found, finding fathers. How do you connect with that?
1: Sure. It's a really good question because I, at the start, when I first saw it, I was interested in how it could appeal to the masses, and, but it does. And, oh. it, you know, it's testament that it's not A historical musical it's a it's a musical about moments in history which reflect moments of humanity through everyone and we can all relate to and see and be seen in moments where people are going through hardship going through moments of grief but also moments of victory and I guess I'm just asking what we're doing with ourselves on this planet and and we've got an opportunity to make change and and inspire and be inspired so what are we going to do with that and I guess you see with um Aaron Burr I think what I appreciate a lot with him is his ability to be steadfast and stoic and have this, he emulates integrity, which is also his downfall because there is that pride in him and that stubbornness, me being a Tory and I can kind of, you know, I feel that that sense of, uh, kind of sticking to my guns at times, but we see that you can live a duality of truth where you can shine, but people next to you can shine just as bright and if not brighter. And you can learn from that. I don't think bird does. And that's the tragedy of his story. You know,
0: he doesn't waver, Does he?
1: No, he doesn't. Not at all. There are glimmers of it. And there's a moment in act two, you see, he rips that mask off and he goes with his gut instead of his brain. And, that's the exciting moment for him you know he he doesn't give everything away at the top of the show you know it's he kind of this drip feeding the audience and so over two hours and 50 minutes you are always wanting more from these characters you're always leaning in and you're always curious of how they tick you know you're let into these secrets which is really a really special kind of experience to have
0: sounds like you've really got to know him over your time in the wings yeah
1: well it's cool because you stand by yeah yeah You, you grow you grow with the characters and they they um they ask questions of you and how you live in the world mm-hmm. and when you find out stuff about yourself you find out things about them so you can stay i know many cast members from america uh, that have stayed on this show for a number of years but it feels like it's their first time on the gig because they're always finding something new but that's no different here in australia it's theater beyond entertainment it's a challenge and it it's you're You're challenged to to critically think about the way you live in the world Mm -hmm. and the way you're going to operate in that. I mean, that's, I'm grateful every day to be able to do that.
0: And morality, too, it's really quite a kind of moral, lots of moral questions behind hip hop and jazz and. Absolutely.
1: And you see, that's, it kind of marries Mm. it. You don't think that opposing forces of 1700s history to rap. Uh, hip hop R&B jazz even like (laughs) references to the Beatles would kind of marry but it does because you know you see a lot of the genre of rap they've used those opportunities to get out of hard places or to digest and to live with moments of grief or moments of of not feeling like you belong in the world. And so Lin-Manuel Miranda pays a great deal of uh, respect, uh, like, you know, uh, inspiration from those genres without feeling like they're tokenistic you know and what that does though it breaks down that barrier of uh, an audience that is only familiar to traditional music theatre and it goes this is a story for everyone to breathe into and experience.
0: And the diverse
1: casting was
0: that something that blew you away when you first saw it and actually come to life?
1: I love that I it didn't blow me away if anything it kind of rooted me further down into the ground because it went oh that's right People from historically marginalised backgrounds have a place in the theatre and in storytelling. So if anything it was reaffirming to go, oh that's right, we have a place outside of just traditional narratives of our own stories. So by being a First Nations person on this production, what it does, it it hopefully, no not hopefully, it certainly in the long game, tells uh producers and uh, the people in power that we can be in stories beyond just our own personal experience. And by doing that, it empowers and inspires young people to understand that there is a life in the arts for them, not just for people of privilege or people who are uh, related to other people in the arts industry. You know, everyone has a platform and everyone has a responsibility to make space for people of colour. and. Um, making sure that everyone with a voice or rather everyone who has a story has a voice can share those those stories and those voices
0: has your first nations background is so integral of course to who you are but has that added to the production do you think i mean not just your performance but yeah as you say that first nations aspect of which is quite different to perhaps the american production
1: oh, yeah, yeah sure yeah, yeah. i think what it does it it brings a, a nuanced complexity to oh. this show because if if it didn't, then I'm not doing my job and I'm not upholding my responsibility of uh, what I'm putting back to the community. Mm. And I know as a lighter skinned Aboriginal man, I have a privilege um, next to my darker skinned brothers and sisters. So what can I do to make space when having this opportunity to, to be a leader in a production like this? it also gives firepower because we know that this show started in the 1700s as in the the storyline and it's the same king george that was trying to occupy these lands where america was trying to begin as the same king george who ordered the fleets to come over here and colonize this country so it's quite telling actually that that we see that the same kinds of events were happening in different parts of the world and um, we can also see that like how does traditional storytelling how can that be contemporized and kind of use uh, contemporary references but still with the same purpose of teaching people lessons or um, empowering them to te- tell their own stories too.
0: It shows a broader from ramifications of it doesn't it I hadn't even really thought of that yes it's not just an American story obviously it's there's quite a few layers.
1: Yeah I would say so and mm. and I guess that's what keeps the hunger alive because mm. it it considers what it is what, how it can change the future, how the past affected it, but also the fact that they're what are we doing right now today to make change and to rewrite the story or or the destiny of where this country is going right now? We can take a great deal of inspiration and go, we can make change, so who's going to step up and and take the pen, I guess, and rewrite that? Do you feel it's
0: come at a a good time? I feel like there's been so much progress perhaps in the last few years. We were talking about blackbirding earlier today and the stories I've done. And is there a bit more awareness people are perhaps more open to these stories now
1: hopefully. Uh, i think so mm. um in i think that regardless if they're ready for these stories or not people are stepping up and telling the truth and digging up the past to go this is actually what happened and because of that this is how we live now so there is an awareness that's kind of thriving and i always feel like you know there are four stages to transformation there's unconscious incompetence Conscious incompetence, (laughs) conscious competence and unconscious competence. And I think we're in between the conscious incompetence and conscious competence at the moment. And so I understand in my role of uh, resistance and making change, it's enlightening people to the truths as well as... uh, Seeing how a show like Hamilton can shake up a country and make people wake up and go Oh, what is it to take control of your own narrative? Such a big
0: responsibility for a young performer. Is this something you kind of felt that responsibility from a young age that you wanted to Be a storyteller in this way.
1: Sure. I think well a lot of mob are doing it as well And I honestly I would say a much better job than me at the moment So I'm here just doing my best with the opportunities I've been given for now so I'm still got the training wheels on in terms of change making and things but I guess I see the responsibility but also I see the privilege of it and there's an opening to go okay what can we do with this potential and uh, the fact that there's a potential of collaboration because you know we need all parts and all experiences to make change when we're moving forward and so specifically my change is in the arts and arts accessibility so uh, I'm excited to see what happens yeah
0: oh it's been wonderful speaking with you today can I can just see the excitement on your face and thank you so much for telling us about it is there anything else that you can tell us about the preparations for going to Brisbane you haven't even really been to Brisbane much before
1: no I haven't it's going to be exciting it's going to be a great uh, I guess encounter by putting this story there and by the performers coming to Brisbane and for the audiences to come in and uh, the fact that it's not just for audiences to sit and enjoy a performance it's us to come into a room have a conversation and we'll all be changed when we get out of that room.
0: A bit of yarning really sounds good.
1: Absolutely yeah it's (laughs) we're all on the same level and we're gonna find some answers together. Yeah
0: beautiful wonderful I'm really looking forward to it and congratulations on winning this role after so much
1: hard work. Sweet, thank you so much.
0: That was Callan Purcell telling us about his excitement taking on the pivotal role of Aaron Burr in the Brisbane leg of Hamilton for this episode of Streets of Your Town. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. If you'd like to meet more everyday, incredible Australians, subscribe and listen to the back catalogue of Streets of Your Town, including Series 2, The Journo Project, on Apple Music, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please review and rate Streets of Your Town on your podcast provider, share the show with your mates or join my Wandering Journo tribe of supporters at the Streets of Your Town website s o y t